you know, as long as we can forgive, um, sometimes we can't forget. And I think it's just letting go, but knowing that we are the person we are today because of that. Everything happens to us for a reason. Every person that we meet, every lesson that we learn, it's, it's part of our journey. And it's the reason why um, we have come to be strong and um, and to, to learn to love and to, to all those things and to then teach our children and our children's children what we learned as well. So I think that there's an element that we can't control our past, but we can really honor our past and, and appreciate everything that it gave us, the negative and the positive, the positive and the negative, um, and really honor our past and where we are today. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode. If you are new here, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Alexa's Hour. This is a space where we talk about anything and everything that can help you become the highest best version of yourself. And so today we have on Jess Putra. She is someone that will most definitely help you become the highest, best version of yourself because not only is she an intuitive energy healer, but she's also a breathwork practitioner and an empowerment life coach. And so she's someone that has a lot of nuggets of wisdom in here. And we just finished wrapping up this recording. And so I just want to mention that she does walk us through a beautiful, short breathwork exercise that you guys can do. But if you are driving or anything like that, just feel free to pause the episode and return to it later. But if you are in a safe environment, I'm really excited for you to get to that at the end of the episode today, because this was number one, just a very grounding conversation to have in the first place. But also this exercise at the end just immediately dropped me into my body, put me in a present state. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear this one and hopefully get into this state as well. And so hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. Jess, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate um, being on your on your podcast. I appreciate you being here. I'm really, really grateful to have this space and, and time with you. Um, how do I say your actual first name is my first question. <laughs> so my first name, my first legal name is, is Jessica mm -hmm. and my middle name is Putu and last mm -hmm. name is Patra. Um, however, I should have been called Putu Jessica Patra as a child. Um, but my mom decided that if I was named Putu and I was brought up in Australia that I wouldn't, um, I'd be teased um, naturally so um, so she she actually twisted um, my names around so um, Putu comes from Bali and it actually means firstborn Balinese child um, and if you're called Putu um, if that's what one of the names that you have it's at the start so it's Putu and then and other other names that follow so hence why I should oh. be called Putu Jessica um, but I am legally um, Jessica Putu Patra. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. I wish I had something cool like that with my name. <laughs> Your name's cool. Thank you. Thank you. It's quite mm -hmm. a joke. It's a joke now these days. Every time someone meets me, they're like, put the lights on. And I'm like, oh, I 
you're the first one to do that. The insert sarcasm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again for being here. Um, My brain is full of so many questions I want to ask you about. And before we started recording, I said to you, I'm going to try my hardest not to treat this as my own session, but um, I think uh, it will kind of help my audience too, if I somewhat treat it that way, uh, because I think that's how they'll gain the most uh, value and and insight from you too. So um, let's kind of dive in first with just breathwork in general. Um, you can kind of talk about how you got into that, but you talk a lot about how you help people release these things that are no longer serving them through breath work. And I kind of want to pick your brain on, on how we exactly do that. Cause I know it's like a hot topic and I, I don't want to say a trend, but almost a trend in kind of the self-help and development world. And, um, I want to talk about it from from a a real real stance, not from, you know, the you you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, and I know what you mean about it being a, a trend thing. I think mm-hmm. everyone's um, doing it, everyone's hearing about it, um, everyone knows about it. So um, for me, uh, breathwork was introduced to me so many years ago, and I think um, a lot of people that started. Um, with yoga or have have done some type of yoga class you know they they talk about the pranayama breath so where it's that really conscious um, that connected breath um, yogic breath you know that you do during um, during practice so without even realizing that we're that we're doing some type of breath work you know that's where it started for me during those those classes and, um, you know, fast forward years later, I remember finding myself um, in sacred circle, sacred women's circle, and we were doing um, this really um, connected breath, but it was, it was quite, um, it was very strong and we were doing it together and we were doing it to um, this woman's voice. It was someone, someone had played a, 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 um, a song. And so we were all doing it at the same time. And I just remember the sounds coming from these women around me um, and, you know, the, the moans and the crying and the, and the, the happiness as well from some of them, everyone had their own, their own emotion that came out. And, and then I gave myself permission to feel it too, because I could feel it like boiling in my body, this, you know, this, Mm. this, this breathing that I was doing, that was, um, that felt so good. Um, It almost felt so good to be alive. Um, and that was my real first deep dive into conscious, um, connected breath, you know, that continuous connected breath. Um, and from there, I just knew, I, I don't know that, you know, I had this, these, these sensations in my body and this, um, this energy that I felt from it. And I just knew that breathwork was going to be a part of something that I was going to do. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then I, I learned more. I dived, I, you know, I, I, I dived deeper in for myself. So I went and learned um, from some beautiful um, breathwork teachers, um, Dana and Ashana, who run um, Clarity Breathwork. And I learned from them in the jungle in Costa Rica. And little did I know that like this, this retreat that I was on to, for my, for myself, for my own self-healing was eventually going to, you know, catapult me into breathwork being one of my healing modalities as a part of my business. 
Um, so mm-hmm. it's been such a powerful medicine for me and um, it's helped me personally to, to, you know, regulate my nervous system, to reduce anxiety, um, to really let go of what is no longer serving me, which is, I suppose, a part of, you know, what's on my website. It's a part of what I, you know, take my clients through because, you know, there's some stuff that we know isn't ours anymore. You know, it might be a relationship. It might be, you know, an old chapter that, you know, is, is, is getting old and is getting stale. Um, you know, there's so many things that we, we carry within in our lives. And sometimes we carry them for a little bit too long. Um, sometimes we carry them for, um, sometimes we should have never carried them as well, right? Which is okay because these are all our lessons. But I think, um, you know, the breath has really helped me personally to release things within me that I knew weren't mine um, and made me, I suppose, come to the realisation of my own personal power um my own self-worth um and also just to learn like it was kind of that inner inner transformation that that came from these you know breathwork sessions that I had um that made me realize how powerful they are as a medicine Mm. and don't think we realize that sorry everyone I'm getting over something so (laughs) I go into a, a cough attack um that's what's happening but uh I don't think we realize that it's the most natural medicine that we can have because it's always on hand and there's nowhere we need to go for it. And it's almost in like the description of when you see someone, I was listening to Tony Tony Robbins yesterday and he was asking someone how to explain a depressed person. And he said, how do you think they're breathing? And of course they said shallow and it's like, we all know the state that you're in, even breath wise, where, wherever you are energetically. Um, But we so easily forget to tap into that, that most simplest thing that you can do for yourself to quickly get into the right headspace is your breath. And um, so what I'm curious about is, and I think, everyone has their own um, definition of why it's so important. I think some people come to it, come to breath work from the stance of like a very scientific stance and that more tangible stance. Um, And I I think they're all helpful, but um, would you say that you are falling more on the side of, you know, this is our connection to, to source or why is it so important for us? Why is it such a strong medicine? I feel like it is that connection to source and that real deep connection to self Um, Mm -hmm. personally for me. And I I don't want to speak for other people because I know that everyone has their own experience and, you know, their own transformation, but it's almost like this deep connection that you, that you have with yourself. Like you said, it's, it's your own, it's your own power, right? It's your, it's your own breath. And it's so, it is right there for us to, to connect into and for me, it was my own connection with myself, you know, mm. really dropping into my body, um, you know, as simple as like putting your hand on your heart and, and a hand on your belly and really dropping into yourself. 
Um, it's very heart opening as well. And, and, you know, can really just like open parts, you know, open those chambers of your heart that long to be, you know, long to be um, seen. Um, and I just think that for me, it's, yes, there's the scientific nature behind, you know, breathwork and, and why it's good and beneficial for us and why we shouldn't breathe shallow and, and all of that stuff. But I think once you start to do it and you, um, you can feel it in your body, you know, there's something, there's something deeper there, mm. you know, and that it, there is some real truth in, in that um, conscious connected breath. Mm-hmm. 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 And so how do we, um, how do we start to connect in an intentional way? Because we're doing, the, how do we get into a spot of making this a habit versus like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do breath work. <laughs> yeah. And I think we can do it all the time and not even, then no one needs to know that we're doing it. Um, you know, I, I have, there's certain meetings and certain ceremonies that I need to lead and, I, no matter how many times you've done a ceremony or had a meeting of, of some sort, there can still be that anxiety that sits there, you know, that, um, you know, that, that feeling of, ah, oh, you know, that, that fear, right. And you don't even have to, what I like to do is put my hand on my heart, my right hand on my heart and my hand on my belly and, and breathe, really breathe deep into my into my belly and then up into my crown chakra and it makes me want to do it right now but when we when we do that mm-hmm. it's amazing how your nervous system slows down and starts to really you know just really be present with you and you can you can feel it instantly now you take away the hands you don't have to you can have your hands anywhere and you can just start to breathe deeply just before a situation um, that might be uncomfortable or, you know, in a situation that doesn't feel right. Um, And you can really start to, um, to drop in and feel the comfort within your body and almost realize that the fear that you're, that you've got or the uncomfortableness that you feel isn't as bad. Mm. it's not as bad as we think it is and you know we can do that as a practice you know you like people do you know wake up and meditate first thing in the morning people can you know consciously breathe for a couple of moments a day they can lie down and do a certain type of um of breath work um depending on um, what what feels right for them but i think the beauty is we can be sitting on public transport um, or in traffic you know, and just mm-hmm. start to just breathe and, mm-hmm. and connect with ourselves, connect with our source. Um, yeah, I think the power is right there within us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, like tuning out to tune in. Yes, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, gosh, it like makes me almost like, fall into that state immediately just even mm-hmm. thinking about it because gosh we don't we don't take the time of day to I'm just speaking for myself so I shouldn't say we um 
I definitely don't. I have like my set aside times if I'm meditating in the morning or if I'm doing a meditation before bed and it's like, okay, this is my time to do it. But then the whole point of it isn't the whole point of it to, to pull that into the moments of your life, you know? Yes. And maybe we should all be, you know, maybe that this is the the new wave of breath work that everyone's, you know, talking about and hearing about and doing, and maybe breath work will be the next meditation for people because we all connect differently to ourselves. You know, some people can't meditate. Um, we need guided meditation. Um, some people need, you know, moving meditation. They might be, you know, doing yoga. Mm-hmm. So maybe that breathwork is the new meditation. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. I think. I think it's so beautiful. I'm so glad that I'm on on the path. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And I think I think everyone has a different definition of what meditation is for them. Um, the way I've always viewed it is <clears throat> anything you do where you're fully present. If that's gardening, then maybe, maybe that's your meditation. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be sitting in a in outside with your eyes closed, uh, sitting on a pillow. Like it can be whatever that is for you. Um, yeah. Do you think that there's a best way to let's say for the person that's looking to to start this because I I take myself back um, to when I hated meditation and it just felt like a chore that I needed to do that it was like okay this is good for me to do I'm gonna do it and have this time of day set aside Um, but I would always dread it and it, then it started going from dread to tolerate, from tolerate to it makes me feel good. For the person that's just starting that, do you think there's, what's the best way to start that journey and make the barrier to entry a little bit, a little bit easier? I think what you said before about finding what it is that is your meditation you know, gardening, if that's what it is, it's okay that that's what it is. You know, I think that, you know, if someone, if we start to force ourselves to meditate because people say it's good for us and that it's, you know, all the, all the reasons why we should be doing it. And then it almost becomes like a forced thing and it's, and it doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't feel, right because I know that some people have monkey minds and and they could sit there for an hour and close their eyes and just breathe and their mind's going nuts and they're Mm. you know they're thinking about what am I going to do after this and what am I doing tomorrow and they're thinking about their calendar and there's almost no point to just sit there and and close their eyes to do it maybe their form of meditation um, like you said, could be gardening or it could be sitting on a park bench with no distractions, no children, no no dogs, no anything, and just looking into nature and breathing mm-hmm. with their eyes open and doing that for an hour. And I think that once we find what our what it is that brings us to that that beautiful state of of relaxation and calmness. Um, is to just practice 
a little bit each day and not to make it a, a chore. I think that once we, when we start to make things a chore or like, I have to do this, like I have to do this, otherwise I'm not going to feel good. Mm-hmm. It almost takes the fun out of it then and we stop enjoying it. And then if we're not enjoying it and, and yes, it might be good for us, is, it, is that really honouring ourselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if it doesn't, and, and I think, you know, if I think about my evolution of, meditation and what makes me feel good it, you know it, it it's almost a seasonal thing hmm. you know the you know we it can we can change things up we can change the way that we um the way that meditation or calmness looks for us in our day it doesn't have to be the 5 a.m I'm going to write down all of my um, <laughs> going to write down all of my affirmations and then I'm going to mm-hmm. meditate and then I'm going to move and then you know mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that um, structured. However, some people are structured. So I just want to call that out that sometimes if someone's already in that if someone's already in the motion of of that habit and that's working for them, stick to it because mm-hmm. some people are are wired that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do think it's important too to honor however you find that space. Because um, I was going to say, I think it's become almost glorified, like having a five hour morning routine um, with a one hour meditation. And if you don't do that, then you're not part of this like enlightened community or you're not someone trying to become that best version <laughs> of yourself um and i also think yeah i don't think that could be further from the truth but the part that um where i kind of go back and forth on that is because i look at my own evolution of my just if we're just talking about meditation it helped me so much with confronting my mind because I didn't enjoy it and it did feel like a chore in the beginning, but it really felt like a chore because there was so much going on up there and there is still so much going on up there, but is it better than it was? Absolutely. Um, and it, it made me, forced me to confront the mind I didn't want to, to look at because I knew that there was going to be so much stuff coming up. Um, So Mm. it's kind of like, I didn't want to force myself, but also it was me like taking the medicine I didn't want to take um, because I knew it would be good for me. So I, I find myself kind of like fighting that battle because I could see what you're saying too, of like, you want to enjoy the process too, but also do you think there's benefit in, in going there in that going that way? Yeah. Yeah. Mm absolutely I think there's definitely benefit in going there and I think that because you knew that there was something there as well Mm. you know that you know you knew that like there was something there that you were were kind of pushing up against but you knew that you had to sit in that space to feel it Mm -hmm. and to go deep into it Um, I think with meditation and some people not being able to be you know to meditate it's almost like a mindfulness practice that they then end up doing if, you know, if they're gardening or if they're sitting in nature with their, their eyes open. And I think that's probably the difference, isn't it? Is that it becomes, yes, it's their own meditation, but it is an, it's a mindfulness practice. Mm. I am all 
for going to those places though I just have to say because I think Mm -hmm. that when we're when we're ready to do the work and we're ready to go to those places um things crack open you know I'm sure that things within yourself cracked open cracked open and you know you saw parts of yourself that you that you weren't wanting to see and then um you know and then you could work on them and I think that's like that's the beauty and and some people do that through meditation some some people might do that through breath work or plant medicine you know there's there's so many different things that can elicit that going there um feeling you know and and I think that you need to be ready to go there um Mm -hmm. and and in some cases guided as well Mm -hmm. yeah I agree and I I think that's so interesting how everyone's experience can be different with all these different modalities like some people don't get that deep on maybe a a mushroom trip or a plant medicine trip as they do in their meditation or just being in the dark like a darkness retreat um so that always baffles me because what you think is going to be the deepest form of excavation for you might be the lightest thing possible for for someone else and so I guess it really is just subjective to the person and and your bot what your body responds to. Yeah, it's so it's so true. I, I was talking to someone the other day about um, an ayahuasca ceremony that I had, and I was, this particular ceremony, I was like, okay, I'm here, and this is what I'm going to work on. Like, I just was like, this is what's going to come up. I'm ready mm. for it. Like, bring it on. <laughs> And I was so ready for it. I was almost a little bit controlled that I was like that ready. And mm. it's not what was there for me. And it wasn't, mm. you know, it wasn't something that I was going to be working on during that ceremony or, or even touching on and healing on, you know, um, you're right that, you know, you can, you can, you can sit by yourself and meditate and have as big of a profound experience um, as you can with medicine whatever medicine that is right whatever other medicine Mm -hmm. it is um that you're that you're working on and that's the beauty of all of us being so different and yeah like you said just working on ourselves and and different stages of our life and what's out what what is our body and our soul ready um to see now and ready to heal Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just as powerful doing it alone yeah, I think everyone has their own uh, style. Like some people discover more in a group setting. Some mm. people discover much more by themselves. Um, and there's also different versions of of expressing that too, right? For some people, it's verbally talking. For me, it's verbally talking. That's why I have this space. <laughs> Love it. For some people, it's their art or music, or it's um, it's just so interesting how all these things that we're talking about they get expressed in in so many different ways. I think we have this perception that it's like having either an ayahuasca ceremony or like going to therapy or whatever that looks like for you to uncover these depths of yourself, um, but it's not so. Uh, it's not so clear cut as that. I think we, we, and we don't realize that we don't realize that our soul is expressing itself 
uh, in so many in so many ways and it's it's not just when you are taking the time to actually do it it's doing it all the time um and i feel that there's two different types of uh uh ways of going about this i the, like you can be intent the, the funny thing is you can be intentional about it or you can't be and either way it comes up these things will vomit out of you <laughs> in your expression <laughs> so at least that's been my experience yeah and i think that's it's good though because i think when we we are consciously wanting to heal something there's a bit of control there as well you know, it's almost mm. like, I want to control this. I'm ready to go there. Um, but the moments where we're not controlling it and we're just letting life flow through us, um, mm -hmm. amazing, you know, what healing can occur, just it could be as simple as a conversation with someone and someone's saying mm -hmm. just this golden nugget, something you really needed to hear to put life into perspective or whatever it might be. So Mm -hmm. yeah we're constantly constantly on that journey of healing without even realizing it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the whole the whole entire thing is the journey and we don't we we forget so easily like we get so wrapped up um but I wanted to touch on something you were saying earlier because as we were talking about breath work I was thinking about how um, these emotions, these deeper emotions arise when we do these physical releases. Um, I've never had this experience with breath work, but I know it's, I don't know if common's the right word, but it seems like a common occurrence that these deeper um, people, people get emotional and these deeper things come up. I've experienced it in yoga um, where like suddenly I'm uh, profusely crying and I'm like okay I'm in the middle of my yoga session pull it together <laughs> but um why do we uh why do we do that basically how does that happen <laughs> yeah it's it's like a it's a release of of emotion it's almost like this blockage that we, we've had within us um mm. that is is releasing it's almost like Whatever we were holding on to, we're just breathing through that, um, through all um, through all cells within our body. And you know, this the the it's amazing that some ceremonies that I do with people, they they might not experience um, any physical sensation or any emotional release. It might just be this really um, really beautiful ceremony. Um, but then again, on the other side, it's another beautiful ceremony where there is that emotional release and they might be getting tingling sensations throughout their body. Um, they might um, they might be feeling some pain in parts of their body as well. Um, and they might start to start to cry. and and I think um, with with breath work, um, it, it is that emotional release within ourselves. So, it's allowing ourselves to feel that as well. So allowing that, that mind connection that we have that, you know, sometimes, you know, if I think, if I think back at the, my first, you know, this sacred circle that I had with these women and, and I, all these women were, they were all in their own world, right. They were all going through their own thing. And then I gave myself permission to do that. You know, mm -hmm. I needed, it was almost like I was kind of holding on and I, mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to go there. And then I just, I, I gave myself permission to feel. Mm. 
And I think that that is, can be so such a powerful thing that when we, we let go of, of what we might sound like or what, we, what is happening in our body, um, that we can really start to take away those layers you know, take away um, the layers of, of, of being seen and, and the fear around that. And is someone watching me, witnessing me cry like this? Um, and I think that, um, you know, those, those things can be su such powerful moments in, in ceremonies, whether that's one-on-one -on -one or in a, group in a group session. I think what I find in group sessions is that, and obviously not online ones, ones that are in person, but when people, it's almost like there's this, this build up with the breath. Um, and then you can hear someone in the corner of the room that um, has started to cry or, you know, they can fit, they're obviously feeling something within their body. Um, it's almost like giving permission for the rest of the group. If mm. they choose to feel that way or choose to uh, be a bit more outward in their um their response to the breath mm -hmm. that they then start to feel comfortable to do that mm. which is beautiful because mm -hmm. we don't we don't need permission right we don't need permission from someone else in the room to do that but if that's what it took for that person to to be vulnerable mm -hmm. in front of the whole group then um that's enough because once we take away that those layers and can be more vulnerable we we can go deeper. That's mm -hmm. so beautiful. That sounds like such an intimate space as well. And uh, that's what I love about those environments is everyone comes there with the openness to share and receive anyways. But mm -hmm. the funny thing is it still takes one person being vulnerable first, even though everyone knows it's a safe space. Um, we're still so guarded in showing that vulnerability. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> it's true. And in all facets mm -hmm. of, of our lives, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something you said earlier too, is we, we feel that it's time to release something, but uh, we hold on to it and we clutch it like almost for dear life. I feel like, <laughs> like, this is my thing. <laughs> this is yeah. like, and, um, I don't know why, if it's like something to talk about or. Well, I think it's comfort, isn't it? You know, even if you're, you know, it's not good for you or, you know, that it's the chapter's ending or, um, it was good for you and it's not now whatever whatever it looks like it's always going to look a certain way um but sometimes it's comfort mm. fear, of change. fear of change that's right because change is scary and it's scary mm. for everyone even if we know that change on the other side is is going to be good for us mm -hmm. fear of that change um can it can be so debilitating to people that they don't ever change and mm. they, they stay in that 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 situation um that isn't good for them but it but it's comfortable <laughs> mm. but it's uncomfortable 
at the same time, which is very strange. The discomfort has become comfortable. <laughs> yes. And I think that's because people aren't, um, I think that's why if people come and if people come to my website and they can see, okay, it's like where I'm here to help guide you to release what's no longer serving you. Mm-hmm. That can almost be like a trigger for people and go, oh, no, no, I'm not, yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that yet. You know, I know I need to, but I'm not ready to do that yet. So I think, yeah, there's, it's almost like that little, if that's the calling that someone has, if someone needs a nudge and they come to my website and they see that, they go, okay, this is, this is the little nudge from the universe that I think it's time that I'm, you know, I need to like take that step to release or to start the journey of them. Um, But it's interesting what you said then about, something being uncomfortable but yet comfortable and and how often we do that um as humans Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. the average person um is doing that and uh or not the average person every person because I it takes if we're all constantly growing or if we're if we are growing if we're in a space where we want to grow there has to be some sort of period where there's discomfort that we're latching onto. Otherwise the growth isn't happening. That's literally what the definition of growth is that you're going somewhere you haven't been before. So that means you were just somewhere that you have been for a long time, or even if it's a short time. Um, And I think the way we start to sort of uncover this is, or not uncover this, but speedball this is shorten these time frames in which we cling to the discomfort the uncomfortable period that we say we want to be out of so badly but we're waiting for that perfect whatever perfect partner perfect job or like perfect feeling that doesn't exist to drop out of the sky and tell you this is the moment to step into it <laughs> um and so we we just wait and then we, then the feeling never comes and we waited too long, but you eventually probably make the decision to step forward. Um, but you just realize, wow, that was so, that was so pointless. I could have just chosen to do that five years ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I saw something, a short snippet of a video yesterday and it, um, this lady was saying, where do you see yourself? next year so February Mm -hmm. next year are you going to regret um are you going to regret the things um that you didn't do a year ago like you are in the next year so it was almost this reflection and this forward thinking like you know like you said that we we know we want the change and we know we want to do something but it's almost like we need this, these small little nudges to, to be doing it or we have to be thrown into it. You know, there has to be a situation where it's like, well, sorry, bad luck. This is, mm-hmm. this is the universe like pushing you now because you're not listening to the little nudges. <laughs> it's now time. Mm-hmm. I think that if we, if we all thought like that, you know, you, you think about the, you know, there's so many books written about people that are on their their deathbed and talking about, you know, what what do you do you have any regrets in life? And then just reading those passages from 
um, you know, this the older generation, you know, their regret to, you know, not care about what other people think about them or not, um, you know, not listen to, you know, what their mother and father said to them and, you know, marry the person of their dreams. And, you know, there's just so many, like, so many things that, as an older person that we could, they can reflect back on because at the end of their life and say, damn, I wish I had have done that. Or I wish I didn't let myself do that because of this. And it's almost mm-hmm. like we all need to like take, take a read of those books and, and reflect on and learn from the older generation and, and not live with regret, not mm-hmm. get to that point and regret that we haven't done the things that we were meant to be doing. Mhm. Mhm. And it's interesting though how I think this is almost like common knowledge where we all we all have this gut feeling I don't want to be on my deathbed and have regrets so we're we're all kind of like walking around with that feeling uh but we still don't do a damn thing about it. <laughs> we're still we're still like confined to these 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 barriers that don't exist um, of that you can't do it or you're going to be judged for it or the the main thing I'll say about judgment um, that gets me past this thinking the most is that if someone's judging you for something that you if you want to do something that you're afraid if you don't do it you're going to regret it but you're afraid of the judgment of others um, they will judge you for five minutes and then they will move on because this little thinking that me and you are doing right now, this this discourse is the discourse they're having in their own head about your judgment and everyone else's judgment of them. And they are more, they are absolutely consumed with that just as much as you are. And so no one cares. <laughs> yeah. uh, it sounds like something my brother has mentioned to me before. It was something, it was like, nobody cares nobody cares like you said you know and he he said it even a shorter time frame you said that they're thinking about it for four or five minutes his was they're thinking about it for one or two minutes and mm-hmm. then after that nobody cares mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. true and I think that's where sometimes we can get really so stuck in our own head about not just what other people are thinking of you but even situations you know situations that you're just perpetuating your head that that might might cause stress or anxiety about a situation that happened that no one else is thinking about except <laughs> you, you know and and yep. sometimes if we let go of like the situation and what happened then and the rights and wrongs of it that we could actually enjoy life because no one cares Mm-hmm. No one cares what happened in that situation mm-hmm. or no one cares what you're doing. Um, we are on this beautiful journey of life for ourselves, not for others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why are we afraid of letting go of the situation that happened in the past? Why do we enjoy? Because we enjoy it. We enjoy like a little sick part of us enjoys like ruminating about that little situation that happened make it big make it bigger keep thinking about it talk to a friend about it um think about what if I said this what if I said that instead how would it look now like 
are we just addicted to the little drama and because we need that is it, it's like almost like a source of entertainment for us <laughs> yeah it's interesting isn't it I think that um what I found with people that um you know some people that it's that constant you know in in their in their head I think when you just mentioned then when we talk about it with our friends mm. sometimes when we talk about this stuff with our friends or my brother or whatever it might be whoever it might be it almost puts it into perspective sometimes then you realize that was not big at all or that's not worth worrying about why am I still thinking about it and I think that some people that um you know have have certain um you know mental health um problems and they might be very isolated and they might not have many people to confide in or um, talk to it's generally in those situations that that's just going over and over again but had they just had the courage or the community to talk to someone really quickly about this thing that happened and get perspective that it's not that big that they could easily let go of it um, so I think the first thing to do is if we are in that way is to find, you know, find your people, find a support crew that, um, that you can confide in to, to just speak, speak it out, say it out loud, speak your truth. Um, and then hopefully that is, you know, the one of the steps forward to, to then realize how small it is in, in life's um, journey and, and to let go of it. Because we do eventually let go of it, right? It's just, it's just how long we choose for it to stick around. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and I don't even. It's it's maybe not intentional at that point. It's like time just time will naturally make things fade, and so mm-hmm. then it just becomes a distant memory. And before you know it, you've let go of it. Um, but how much more healing is it when you decide, I'm releasing this I'm letting go of this it doesn't serve me anymore yeah sorry what was the question how much how much how much more healing is it when we actually are the ones that get to decide I'm letting go of this versus letting time take matters into its own hands because that's going to happen regardless yeah yeah and I think I think that if we do, if we can come to that point and say, okay, now I'm going to take control of this and I'm going to let it go because it's not serving me, that is definitely more powerful than letting time take its course. Um, Mm -hmm. But some of us, um, you know, like we said earlier, just aren't ready to go there or haven't listened to all of the nudges. But I think that um, one of the most powerful things um, you know, in anyone's healing journey is to to realize when it's time to let go and to mm-hmm. then actually let go of it as well. Because mm-hmm. there's one thing to realize it's time, but then to do the work um, and actually let go and come out the other side um, can be so powerful. And, and this is where, you know, these situations that people are in, this is where we should be talking more about it. I think there's a lot of a lot of times people are letting go of things, whatever, whatever it may be, fear, you know, relationships, careers, like pathways that we thought we were on, families, you know, we might be like, 
you know, letting go of this, you know, of trauma, generational trauma that we're not willing to um, to hold on to anymore. Um, sometimes we forget to talk about what we've healed and then we're not normalising it and we're not saying that it's okay to, to cut the cord or to let go. And so I think we need to be better at doing that. You know, we need to be better at vocalizing our pain and and vocalizing how we how we let go, just to to show others that it is it's okay to feel that way, and it's okay to let go. And this is how I let go, and this might help you too. Hundred mm-hmm, percent. Mm-hmm, so why? But why do we? Um... Why do we hold on to anything in the first place? It, if can there be an argument made that it ever serves us? I mean, why does it serve us to begin with? Is it to teach us a lesson and then learn when 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 is that mark? I guess for all right, it's time to let go of this now. Yeah, and I think we all should know that it's part been a part of our journey and I've I've got a couple of people in my life that might beg to beg to differ about that but I think that everything that I've experienced in my life up until this point was meant for me even if it hurt me even if it upset me even if it all of the negative things negative responses to my life um, even though it took me through all those all of that pain and trauma it's actually made me who I am and it's made me become a better version of myself and then ultimately give myself to others to help them on their journey. And so I think there is an element of letting go of something, but then there's an element of also knowing that 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 is and was a part of you and has made you who you are and, and to honour that space. I think it's really important to honour that situation um, because we can't, you know, as long as we can forgive, um, sometimes we can't forget. And I think it's just letting go, but knowing that we are the person we are today because of that. I have a, um, I have someone in my life that um, has said that, you know, they, oh, I, I wish I didn't, have this situation when I was young and I wish I didn't um, hang out with with certain people you know because of a a certain because of what had happened and for me I think everything happens to us for a reason you know there's every 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 person that we meet every lesson that we learn it's it's part of our journey and it's the reason why um, we have come to be strong and um, and to to learn to love and to, to all those things and to then teach our children and our children's children what we learned as well. So I think that there's an element that we can't control our past, but we can really honour our past and, and appreciate everything that it gave us, the negative and the positive, the positive and the negative, um, and really honor our path um, and where we are today Mm -hmm. Mm. so cherish the lesson that it taught you and then once you fully fully accepted that it was monumental for you rather than 
resenting the experience seems like that's when it's like okay I get it now I get why this happened because I I view life the same way um I I don't think things happen for a reason like in a in a in a like wooey way because I think sometimes people say that and they think it's like something fantastical um, I'm saying that in the sense of like, no matter what happens to you, you will, you can find a lesson through it, even if it's 10 years down the line or next year. Um, so in that sense, it happens for a reason because you will change as a result of it. So it sounds like you're saying the same thing in the sense of once you have really accepted why, how that's translated into your current life. Um, hopefully in a positive way, then you can say, okay, I, I choose to release this, but it's also up to you to find that positivity from the experience because you, you can easily say, I can't, I don't see anything that's happened positively from this experience. And so that's really up to you to find that distinguishing factor of, of the silver lining. Otherwise, yeah, you, you can just sit and dwell on it. You won't let it go. Yes, that's. <laughs> I think the way that you concluded that was um, was perfect. Um, and I think that yeah, when we sit and we dwell on it and we don't see the beauty in what it's taught us, um, it, it's hard to move on. It's hard to realize that 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 situation or those people were actually a blessing, just a blessing mm -hmm. in disguise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um well <clears throat> i was gonna say that every do you think there's any situation that doesn't have a silver lining ever i think every situation has a silver lining absolutely but you know if i think back on covid um reflecting on that that you know the silver lining for people uh, you know even though I can talk about people in Melbourne where we were one of the most locked down cities in in the world mm -hmm. you know the that was a hard time for people in Melbourne to be segregated from everyone and you know we weren't allowed to go 5ks from our home and stuff like that but mm -hmm. you know there were families that were brought together during that moment that that may not have had that that really connected time together there mm -hmm. were people walking outside in nature because we were allowed to do it for a certain amount of time each day and they were enjoying nature and moving their body um, there were people that had you know were in situations where you know they they really had to go deep into a place to or potentially darkness, but to then to see the light um, because they were before, you know, rushing around and being busy to um, to actually have to sit in their stuff and, and, and work on it because there was, there was really nothing else to do or there was really nowhere else mm -hmm. to go mm -hmm. just to, to keep that busyness up. So I, I think that within everything, and I don't like, I don't mean to use COVID as like the, the silver lining mm -hmm. example, but I think... You know, it's amazing that it, it it there was definitely the silver lining um, in in everything. I think, um, and I think you know, there's always 
the Balinese believe in this equilibrium of life. So without good, there has to be bad, you know, black and white. It's like the, um, you know, that duality, um, you know, up and down, like that, that they coexist together. So mm -hmm. um, I think that that silver lining is, 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 is just that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when we find ourselves in these spots of um, trying to find that lining, what do you recommend for people as the first thing to do to kind of tap in? I want to give everyone kind of like a very tangible experience. You know, they've, they've come across something that they can't find the silver lining in um, or they just feel overwhelmed whatever it may be, how do we, what are like the steps to kind of walk through that, that processing to find that and then get to the point of release? Yeah. And I think I'd love to give guidance on what it should look like or what it can look like, but sometimes mm -hmm. it takes a long time to get there. Um, to find mm -hmm. that silver lining I think that you know if you had a you know if I talk back to COVID talking about a silver lining in the midst of you know some two years of, of lockdowns and stuff like that that would have been really hard for a lot of people to grasp they would have not understood that um, but I think there's some tools you know within ourselves that we can really um, go you know go that level deeper to try and find what that silver lining is and simple things like journaling and um, talking to people and even voice memos I find you know some people aren't, don't journal they don't they they can't they can't write you know they can't you know put um, what's happening in their brain into paper but I think that if someone pick, picks up their phone and just talks into it you know talk just talks to themselves just to talk it through with themselves it's actually quite amazing how how deep we can go within it's like our own our, ourself as the medicine right us you know taking mm. ourselves on that um on that journey to to find what that silver lining is um but sometimes I think it's it's not just ourselves that um will will find that silver lining sometimes there's things outside of us um and outside of the situation that will help people reflect on on what that silver lining might be um, and again sometimes unfortunately it, it doesn't happen straight away um, but I think if we're if if people are reflecting if there's that self-reflection within themselves um, to reflect on situations um, or to reflect on um, something that happened I think that we all we will you will find that silver lining you know what I mean? I think if you're a reflector, mm -hmm. you, you find it. It might be, like you said, five years down the track, but, you know, it might be, you know, in a year's time, it might be tomorrow. But I think that if you self-reflect um, in general, um, and some people need journal prompts. I know that, um, you know, there's so many online, there's so many different journal prompts that you can have for self-reflection. And I think um, that could be enough to really elicit um, something that's within you that needs to come out and be reminded, oh, there's my silver lining. 
that's the lesson that I needed to learn. And I'm so, so grateful for that experience um, as hard as it was, um, but I'm ready to move on now because I'm, I, I thank that experience and, and it's time for me to let go of it now. Mm. The answer is always within yourself. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Could we walk through a... Would you be open to walking us through a quick breathing practice? Yeah, I can um, probably wouldn't be clarity breathwork breathing practice um, just because Mm -hmm. I think there'd be a lot that I would want to like talk about and go into um, with, especially if it's someone's first time, Um, but probably just, um, you know, the simple, you know, before I spoke about, you know, if you're, if someone's feeling um, anxious or something's happened to them that, that really makes them feel out of their body to really come back and drop back into our body um, and to our heart space and to feel um, more grounded. So um, what I personally do, and I know that we can't all do this, um, you know, because we might be outside, we might be in a meeting, but if you can to put your right hand on your heart and then your left hand um, on your um, belly, And then I invite you to breathe in through your nose. And then exhale through your mouth out. Breathe in through your nose. And a long, loud. Breathe in again. And exhale out. It's really incredible how three deep, long breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth can bring you back into your body, back into your heart space and can really help to calm your nerves. And I invite everyone on this call to to do that as often as they can throughout the day. Because breathing deep um, in through our nose and then exhaling out, it doesn't take much at all. It's so, so beautiful. And it only takes three deep breaths to, to do that and to feel it. Like you can feel it straight away. And um, it's amazing what it can shift within yourself. Um, and obviously if people can do that for longer, um, again, you don't have to have that that heart connection and that belly connection, but it's really beautiful to to feel your heart opening um, to 
to that space in your in your lungs expanding and your your tummy expanding as well um it's almost that deeper connection to self by 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 touching those those places so um that's something i do personally um sometimes you might see me doing i might be in a meeting or in a ceremony and 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 i'm and i'm there breathing myself through through it so it can be that simple Mm -hmm. thank you that was very grounding and if you guys just did that as well i'm sure you feel as as centered as i do um it really is that simple it it always surprises me (laughs) thank you so much Thank you. Super grateful for this conversation. And um, I'm going to have everything uh, in the description so everyone can easily find you and connect with you and uh, look more at your work. Um, But please let everyone know if there's anywhere else or anywhere else they can connect with you. Yeah. So um, people can find me on um, www.putu jesspatra.com so you'll find all of my offerings on my website Um, I've got some free offerings too so I have a um, a journey to self um, three-day email course um, which um, has different mantras um, self-reflection journal prompts and handouts um, to really take you um, into the space of learning about um, you know that connection to self through self-love um, self-connection and self-worth as well um, I've got some free meditations on my website as well and a daily ritual guide um, and I'd love you guys to to all um, go and download them and, and hopefully some of those free resources can really help you on your healing journey awesome thank you Thank you, Jess. This is wonderful. And thank you guys. I hope you did that practice with us. If you weren't driving or something, hopefully go ahead and do it later if you can. Um, And please check out all of Jess's info. Again, I'll have it all for you guys. And um, thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed recording it. So we'll catch you guys in the next one.